Welcome to Entropy Rising, the redheaded stepchild of the LTM Gaming Podcast Network. Oh, I am TJ, and I am talking right now. <laughs> One of his many skills. <laughs> I would like to start this episode with a correction to last episode. I said that it was brought to you by KFC to go get a Slammer Jammer. What I meant was to go get a KFC Double Down, <laughs> the sandwich where the bread is a chicken breast. Wait, is the theme of this year, of this campaign now, like, every week you're going to have a new invented KFC sandwich that sponsors us? <laughs> to be clear, the Double Down <laughs> yeah. is the real sandwich. The sandwich oh. <laughs> would be trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd prefer to hear TJ. I, I feel like I need just, every, every week needs to be a new TJ KFC invention. Mm -hmm. uh, no, just, don't, don't, don't restrict it to just KFC. This is KFC, yeah. yeah this is Chick-fil-A. Sometimes it's Raisin Cane. You know? I mean, I'm waiting for like the Taco Bell inventions because they've gone off the deep end already. What can TJ come up with? Speaking of which, this week's episode is brought to you by Combination Restaurants. I'll meet you at the Taco Bell. I'll meet you at the Long John Silvers. I'll meet you at the Combination Taco Bell Long John Silvers. And Pizza Hut. Give me some and of that. Taco Bell beef slurry. That's what I'm after. <laughs> it's called a chili cheese burrito and it's delicious. <laughs> I prefer the original name. All right. When you want your chicken stuffed inside of a burrito, served inside of a fish stick, <laughs> floating in... An A and W root beer float. Come to our Long John Silver's A and W KFC Taco Bell. The fish stick is clearly the center, Steve. It's not like the coating. So it's like it's like you've made a Bloody Mary, and the fish stick is what's the main thing sticking out. I, I mainly eat at Taco Bell because I like my food to look the same going in as coming out. <laughs> you, it lets me know that I'm digesting properly. <laughs> Good, it made it through untouched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and symmetry. We've lost all our it's all about the symmetry. There's beauty in symmetry. Actually, there, there's the uh, White Castle sp uh, knockoff called, oh God, what is it called? It's called Pearl White Manor. Castle. <laughs> no, it's somehow there's a worse one. <laughs> Sliver Sugar. I need to look up like, terrible restaurants in the South. Sliver Give Sugar. Give me a minute. <laughs> Shoney's. No. <laughs> the Sugar Shack. That's just... That's just Shut up. <laughs> well, there's crystals, but crystals is a better crystal. One. Crystal, no, that's what no. it's. Those are way better than White Castle. I, but you have man. to. Samsonite. White Castle definitely. Came, <laughs> but White Castle came first, didn't it? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> the, all their origin stories are probably the same guy just selling his slivers. Swabby slivers. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal. Flappy. <laughs> oh, Samsonite. Oh, man. I was close. You were way off. Stop. <laughs> oh. So it's time for the new sensation that's sweeping the nation. Season B of The Gaming. Monster Mash. Right. Or it is a match. Uh, death. So uh, since I was given grief last week for making a uh, Earthbound themed one, this time it's actually Earthbound themed. 
Okay. And not just tangentially earthbound themed. I, I re-listened to it and I thought maybe TJ was just going to do earthbound for every single week, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, I'm two of two so far. Yep. <laughs> It's the best streak he's ever had in gaming or death. (laughs) (laughs) So this week's order is Matt, Steve, Paul. So number one, in North America, Earthbound shipped with a player guide that included six scratch and sniff cards, including a mole and a flaming dog. Number two, while Pear Kid is the more respected scientist, Banana Kid provides the tools you need like the hamburger blaster. And number three, in order... Hold on. Can we just agree that TJ's just having a stroke? <laughs> Whatever he's saying doesn't make any sense. I closed my eyes because I really wanted to focus. And then okay. I went, no, that was a bad idea. <laughs> number three, in order to gain access to Belch's factory, you need to not respond to the request for a password for three minutes. All right, Matt, you're up first. Happy to reread anything. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, <laughs> can you just reread them all sure maybe my, i don't know for sure about flaming dog and mole but i'm pretty sure there were uh scratch and stiff stickers so i'm I'm going with that for sure i think it's like banana kid and making a hamburger blaster uh I, I so number two is pear kid is the more respected scientist but banana kid provides the tools you need like the hamburger blaster okay and then there's like a Mr. Belch you have to wait for three minutes. In order to gain access to Belch's factory, you need to not respond to the request for a password for three minutes. That seems silly enough to be true. I'm going to say you made up uh, Mr. Pear and Mr. Banana. Pear Kid and Banana Kid. Okay, so that's Matt Find is with number two. number two. Okay, Steve, you're up. Damn you, Matt. Uh, so the scratch and sniff thing enough. sounds entirely plausible. So I was agreeing with a and c the only issue i have is did it have the ability to have like a timer set within the game that would reset if you mm-hmm. didn't do it but my rationale for picking two is because tj said pear kid is the more respected scientist and he's gonna give like a bs paul answer of, of course he's not the most respected one and so that's why i'm gonna pick b <laughs> Or is it uh, order of magnitude? It's actually three seconds, not thirty seconds. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so they both said, picked it's, B, it's huh? Three, it's it was three minutes, not three yeah, seconds. We, we know. Okay, just well, sure, Matt whatever. said seconds. I just want to be clear. Why well, are you sticking to the order of magnitude rule? That's he didn't. He never said that he was. Yeah, I never said that I was. It, never said he wasn't. It might not be exactly in order of magnitude, but it would always it would never be like three minutes. Oh ho ho! It was two minutes. <laughs> like I I wouldn't do that. Like if it was maybe like three minutes versus like thirty seconds. It's not in order of magnitude, but like that's a big enough difference that I would consider that to be like a sizable difference. Can you read the? the is it my turn? They both picked it me. It is your right? turn. Would you like uh, you, uh, so, you hear them all? Hold again? on. Uh, no, I'm gonna. I don't know about the scratch and sniff thing, but Matt. And Steve seemed pretty confident, so I'm going to believe them on that one, that it, it came with scratch and sniff stickers? Sure. You, you, you fool. I'm trusting Matt and Steve. So <laughs> Just if they're clear, wrong, Matt's, it's their Matt fault. Said, Matt did say stickers, but I said uh, scratch and sniff cards. It makes a difference. I'm just... Oh, well, watch. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if it's cards, can, can you just read the third one again? It's just while waiting for... 
in order to gain access to in order to gain access to Belch's factory, you need it's to Master not Belch, right? It's Belch's factory. You need oh. to not respond to the request for a password for three minutes. I actually did play Earthbound because TJ gave me the game to play and said, you should play this. And that was probably like 25 years ago. <laughs> How much do you remember? <laughs> How far did you get? Oh, boy. So if, if I, if I, eh, I'm going to go with them because then I'm not behind. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm going to play the game. Wait, wait I'll game go with Steve and Matt because we're all on the same record. And mm -hmm. I feel like you did have to wait for something, but three minutes seems like an awful long time. All right. In, in game terms. So I don't remember everyone, anything about the fruit people. Everyone thinks that number two is false. So uh, we'll start with the first one. Uh, in North America, Earthbound ship with a player guide that included six scratch and sniff cards, including a mole and a flaming dog. It also had a card for... Uh, the main character, Ness. Uh, it had one for a belt smell. It had one for a UFO. And I don't remember what the sixth card was, but it absolutely had six scratch and sniff cards with weird smells for the different uh, things that you might encounter throughout the game. I remember that. Yep. Number three was in order to gain access to Belch's factory, you need to not respond to the request for a password for three minutes. Paul, I think it is Master Belch, but the name of the location yeah. is Belch's Factory. Okay. And or is it Mr. Belch? Uh, mm, I'll I'll get back to you on that. Three minutes is a long time, and when you're like a teenager, like three minutes is forever. But like that's just the deal. You just like go and they ask you for the password, and you just like set down the controller and like go get a drink and come back and wait, and then they say, "Okay, come on in." Yeah, I feel like I sort of remembered that. So number three is also true. So number two, uh, Pear Kid is the more respected scientist, but Banana Kid provides the tools you need, like the hamburger blaster. There is no such thing as a hamburger blaster. There's no such thing as a hamburger blaster. And there's no such person as Pear Kid or Banana Kid. Orange Kid is the more respected scientist, but Apple Kid gives you tools you need, like the pencil eraser, the eraser eraser, the yogurt dispenser, which dispenses trout-flavored yogurt, and then later gives you some other cool stuff. But yeah. I tried to. See, I, I tried remember to the eraser until, things. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought that like you know I vaguely remember that you had played it. I couldn't remember if Matt had like ever seen anything about it. So I figured, well, if I said like the door eraser, you'd be like, oh yeah, maybe I remember. The, I I yeah. just figured I changed everything enough. So it, the dynamic is there. You know, it, there's weird inventions and there's two fruit flavored scientist kids, but I just changed the names and the device. I so. I feel like a pear is not an order of magnitude different from an apple. <laughs> what variety you ever had a pair? <laughs> what variety of apple? Right. Yeah, is, got you there. Is uh is a hamburger in order of magnitude different than uh, a trout flavored yogurt dispenser? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then, if nothing else, I got you with the second part or with the final part. There, there so. you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, I, I could have been like, yeah, it's Pear Kid and Banana Kid and it's the Eraser Eraser. And that it would have me felt a little weird, but eh, no, I, I went this way. So congratulations. I am uh, I have not figured out how to uh, set you guys up to get some differences of opinion. So you guys continue to be two and two or two and oh. Well, the problem is I literally 
almost picked this the same thing last time for the same reason. I was like, well, at least I won't be behind if I pick the same one as everybody else. Thank God for my cowardice. (laughs) (laughs) It served you well. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so the reason that I wasn't in the game yet was because I was on... I was in the lobby or whatever because I had put notes in last time for like a short synopsis. But since I'm in the game now, you guys can give the short synopsis. So what did happen last time when we got together and played this little game that we call Entropy Rising? No, if we wait three minutes, TJ will just do the synopsis himself. (laughs) Yeah, We we just have to all sit silently for three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Then the game will just progress. (laughs) And I just double check, Paul. It is Master Belch. Good job. All right. So I could give a short synopsis. I listened to the thing a few times. Mm-hmm. We talked to people and we marched around the city and uh, tried to investigate three different gates where there were different issues of uh, we were trying to figure out where the undead might have come from. Uh, theoretically, fate dispatched other people to like go around the city and checks like mm-hmm. graveyards or anything. I, I also have really no sense of how big this town or city might be but it's got at least like six gates or something so this is one of the major cities right uh so it definitely has at least four gates because there were the three six gates yeah maybe six sorry i i I forgot that there were issues at three gates there was no not issue at the front at the main gate i thought that the I thought that I just had that there were four gates and the, I don't the know. main gate I, was fine and, yeah, the four, and the other three had issues. And then, of course, it's a port city, so there's also, uh, uh, okay, you know, ports. <laughs> uh, ports. <laughs> Damn. Docks. <laughs> That's what I meant. Sorry. Can you put us in Roll20 on the big map, TJ? Yeah, we can go to the big map. I, I, just... I have no sense of... Anyway, uh, we split up. I went with one group to one gate where... I think that there there were three gates, and the gate I went to, there was bloodstains and no guard there when it was looked at by somebody else, and I noticed lots of foot marching into the city. And then Gwen went to one gate and talked to a guy who fell asleep on watch, but they didn't think anybody had come in. Correct because me if I'm wrong on this. What? Well, well, no, he, younglings, which is clearly not a character based on TJ. Right. <laughs> and... Aerith went to another gate where he just forced the other two people to investigate everything. <laughs> and they didn't do a very good job. They didn't do very. They did notice that the bloodstains were old, uh, but it. I think that that gate did also didn't look like anybody had come in. No, no. Well, that or, one. Or the they gate, just didn't the, notice. The gate guard was missing. Yeah, gate guard was missing. There was dried blood, and I don't believe that you guys saw anything indicating issues either at the gate or like just outside the gate. Right. And we sort of ended with Aerith sending off Alvin and I forget the other one's name to go back to the gate to like try and find a guard to be there because they came back and there was no guard. Uh, We had involved the, at one of the gates, I think the one where Gwen was there, she talked to like a slightly higher ranked guy. Like a sergeant. Yeah. And he was going to start like mobilizing the city guard and, figure out who was supposed to be where and feel like we also talked to a couple other temples on the way to each gate or maybe just to one of the gates, but then sort of enlisted the other good temples help in sort of, Hey, get ready. Cause we just had a big undead attack at the Raven queen temple. So 
we think something bad's happening and there's mm-hmm. there was potentially other undead unaccounted for uh, i think that the thought was uh you guys i think that fate asked you guys to mobilize the other temples because we you guys were concerned that there could be other undead throughout the city and so the fastest way to check that would be to you'd have the streets get swept and since it was undead having clerics right. do it maybe and made apparently our clerics were ineffectual so you need to get the other ones out uh, i think it was more yeah. of like it's it you know when you've got like a missing Some kid in the woods dead. you sent like the mm-hmm. whole town to do it instead of just like you know one family because just you cover more space more efficiently so you're it, on I, your uh, own. And, and, it, and it also true that there were a bunch of wounded i, I believe i've specifically said no one died from the attack because you guys did a good job of taking care of everyone but there were many people who were there were no one dealing with battle shock anymore because gwen did a good job of bringing everyone's morale up but there were Mm -hmm. people who were plenty injured still who hadn't recovered well enough to go out yeah Aerith chopped that dude's arm off not not Aerith saved that person's life by removing an unneeded appendage (laughs) (laughs) you have two arms just get rid of that extra one Point of fact, most appendages are unnecessary. (laughs) So as I recall, we are literally standing with fate Mm -hmm. in the, I don't know, Raven Queen vestibule. And and Aerith just sent Alvin and Theodore, maybe Simon, I'm not sure, uh, to (laughs) go check on that other gate again. Okay. Did I miss anything important? Did anyone think that anything was missed? I think that was... I I didn't think that nothing came through the gate with the sleeping guy i thought it was just that we didn't suspect that he did me like that he caused it he was just incompetent not malicious yeah and i think i think we saw uh, tracks leading up to the door and then you know once it was through the gate uh you couldn't tell what happened but it looked like they had entered there too Mm, okay or something i I think that that's correct i think that i i had said that they were the north gates but looking at the map it probably should be they were more like eastern gates because um, I think the main gate is going to be the north gate. Are you guys on the map? Do you, do you see five? Yes, I see five now. I thought we were way farther to the south. Where's the no, key that tells us what all the numbers mean? Probably lost in the wiki. So five is Ashton. <laughs> four is Keep of Moran. And those are the only cities you guys have been to. Is one Helsinki? Yeah. One is not Helsinki. <laughs> so yeah, so, so like I was saying... If you look at five, the road comes in and like pretty much to the north. So the main gate should be to the north. I was thinking uh, five was more on the eastern coast, like over here. So since I have it here, we'll just say main gates to the north. You guys went to the two eastern gates. Like there's one. It can be wherever there. you want, TJ. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. But just, <laughs> just also, it looks ke- like the uh, raven's hatching out of an egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's precisely what it looks like. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that someone, not me, made that. Uh, joke a long time ago and uh, we just left it that way so mm-hmm. kudos to whoever did that because it probably wasn't me so, so uh, how big is this place is this like a city uh, of this four is, people so, or is this a city of millions or yeah those are the uh, only so two options there there, <laughs> there are no city of millions anymore city of city of millions might have been like prior to the Belize misfortune now like Ashkent is one of the largest cities. Like Temple of Iran, it was it is a city, but it's more of like a dest- it's more of like a way stop. Uh, Ashkent is more of like a city. So this is I don't know. Hold on. Like, so the the Temple of Moran, did you say? Oh, Oran. Sorry. Oran. If I, Oran. I didn't. 
is uh so it's like the wall drug of this world there's just kind of signs leaning up to it and then you get there and it's not as good as you thought well i mean it, it's it's a port so like it's like all it's got is the corn palace right so mm-hmm. there's there's it's a little bit more it's a little bit more than just wall drug but yeah a little bit more than wall drug is still not a lot I, I didn't say <laughs> I didn't say more than this that. week's episode brought to us by wall drug. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Don't, don't miss it. Only 300 miles until wall drag. <laughs> oh, you missed it. Go back. <laughs> what are you doing? Our children are starving. <laughs> yeah. Ashkent is, I don't know, at least four or five times bigger than the populated part of the temple of Iran. Or keep of Iran, and in terms of population, it's much more populated. I don't know. The keep probably has like right around a thousand people in it, and this is probably more like twenty five, thirty thousand. Like it's okay. it's a it's a sizable city. Uh, if you guys are okay, I'm going to jump back to where we were so that we have names of people to look at. All right. The other thing that we didn't really talk about previously was that uh or we, we mentioned the fact that matt sent sorry that gwen sent out mm-hmm. a message to the dark council because you guys were concerned about stuff and that didn't really get resolved last time but guess what's getting resolved right now <laughs> oh my oh my <clears throat> so while you guys are standing there talking with fate a raven comes and alights on Gwen's shoulder and has the customary little band on its leg with a you know tiny scroll attached to it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm trying to think about how long the turnaround time usually is on the messages. I think it's pretty rapid. Some I think it I think it I think we have set precedent that it's fairly rapid in the past. Well, she sent it close. before we went out. This, we we did the time of right. going to investigate. I, I think it's back, been but... like about an hour and a half or two, probably since it was sent. I'm just trying to think like, have I made it been like more than a day to for a turnaround, or have I made it like pretty rapid? I think I've made it pretty rapid in some occasions. So we will say in this particular instance, it was rapid. Do you want me to send it to you, Matt, or do you want me to just yeah? Well, I'll send it to you real quick. Okay. Do not let Cat Fan read this. Stop. <laughs> do not let Aerith read this. Stop. I'm almost wondering, like, do I need to read what I sent? But would you have told the, the group and, and the revisions? <laughs> so you don't have to read the revisions. Would you have told the group what you sent out? No, I think we we'd already talked about what it was going to be. I think that's what I actually sent was pretty much exactly what. Okay. <clears throat> was pretty much what we said to say, but yeah, it was, it was just the progression of teenage girl Gwen. No, I need to make this more formal. Nope, too too formal. Like, or that's not how like maybe we do this. Okay, third revision. All right, glad we're recording this. This is just riveting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I I should have had it ready. Paulo, I'm just Paulo giving you a hard time. I nope. really don't care. Paulo, fix it. What am I fixing? <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's gonna be three times as long now. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be three minute pause of silence. <laughs> <laughs> get the raven to. It's called a callback, you jerks. <laughs> Just have like wind blowing and like ravens cawing. Yeah, Caw, exactly. Caw. Maybe one of them wants corn. I don't know. They always want corn. 
the jerks. All right, so I read the letter, and uh, what does it say? Basically, that they can't grant us an audience right now, but uh, they're working on arrangements. So I don't know if we just got blown off, or hmm. no, we'll see. I guess we'll see how long it takes before somebody gets back to us again. Then we are on our own for now. They said that fate will speak to us shortly, but we've been talking to fate right now. So while you guys are discussing it, another raven arrives and alights on fate's arm. He takes off his message. He seems a bit surprised that one came to him. Uh, when he takes the message, just as normal, it goes away and he looks at it and approaches the three of you and says, it is the wish of the council that that you all be outfitted more properly. Mm. It, it seems as though you are all, uh, well, I, I, I guess I don't know. I guess it doesn't, it doesn't say what uh, you will be doing next. I, I don't know if you guys know where you're planning to go next, but uh, it, it seems that they want you prepared for more more callings. And uh, I guess from what they know of you, you aren't quite prepared for that. So if you'll follow me, we'll go down to the the basement, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll show you our stores and uh, point out some things that might be more appropriate for each of you. My thank you. Weights. So, so maybe we're not just getting blown off. Maybe we're getting blown on. So I'm trying to remember how this is laid out, but we'll just say that down. If you, if we go straight up the middle, there's a big room that's shown that has like a door over this way. I think that was supposed to be fate's office. And uh, there's a door in the room. And uh, that, that is how you go down to the basement. And so he leads you down there and you'll see that the room has a couple racks of various weapons, a couple of dummies with armor, other, other places where armor is just laid out on tables, um, shields, other, you know, adventuring accoutrement. And he says, there's, there's stuff here that you can all look around. Uh, please feel free to see if there's anything that catches your eye. I'm going to uh, double check a couple things and look for a couple of items in particular that the council thought would be appropriate for each of you. This was not intended to be a uh, shopping montage per se. This was more like giving you guys a moment to like sort of explain like, you know, Oh, we had the equipment at the end of last season. Now we have new equipment. So uh, just the obtaining of said new equipment. So that feels very much like a shopping montage. Well, we've already done the shopping. We're just explaining. Yeah. What... <laughs> that, that, that was oh. how I saw it as being different. And did we ever fully decide what the last item was going to be of the stuff we were proposing? Wasn't it the bag of holding? I don't know. Is that what we actually decided on? I thought it was. Okay. Paul can confirm. So I think what we decided, we were buying that out of just the group gold. That sounds correct. Mm-hmm. After we did some of our other stuff. And I think the other problem I ran into is the, the trying to bring back the Delver's Light. It wouldn't let me use it since it's a, I think it was saying it was for um, Warforged only. Oh. Boo. Are you a Warforged now? No, but I think he gave me a thing that wasn't. Intended for anything thing. other than a Warforged? Yeah. 
but it doesn't say anything anything about that on the sheet from before. And when you try to select it in this version of it, it's saying it's for like Warforged only, so you can't like select it. <laughs> uh, Delver's light. So I have it on your old sheet. The requirement says you must have the living construct racial trait to use this item. So oh. see, my and it's special it only shows... a Warforged character can use this item. That's fine. It, it, if it won't, we'll figure out how to give it to you. Well, anyway. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, well, if it was, then like it ended up in my sheet somehow before. Yeah. So there must be a way to tell it to cheat and put it on there. I couldn't find it. Well, uh, if you if you still would like to have it, we'll figure out a way to give it to we'll you. We'll get anyway. there eventually. Yeah. yeah. What were the items that Gwen ended up getting then, Matt? Because uh, since I apparently don't have it and it's not <clears> loading the character sheet the right well, way. Basically, me, I went pretty easy and I basically kept the things I had before. Okay. Basically for lack of the next the next step of an upgrade was gonna take another step or two up in level. So so I still have the life drinker longsword. Okay, cool. Uh, still have the, the shared suffering plate armor. Like okay. the, we did a little back and forth on whether or not one or one or two of the other ones made more sense, but in some respects it's all just kind of a wash, so it's kind of one thing or another. So we'll go with it. I had it before, we'll stick with it. But the the one that she walks by and does see that catches her uh, fancy is the um, heavy throwing shield of um, the Raven Queen, where it's going to be like uh, kind of like Captain America's shield, only with like a kind of a raven and like feather motif. Okay. And uh, apparently, when you, you throw it, it'll come back to you. Nice. It's like I said, I don't, I don't think we'd fully decided, but yeah, for lack of the other things, then sure. Yeah, we'll get the bag of holding if they have one. So, uh, how many dead bodies will a bag of holding fit? <laughs> That's a good question. All of them? Me- medium size? What I mean, what's the average? What's the cursed one where you just put stuff in and it like never, you know, goes into back. some other space, you never get it again? Like body bag of body the, disposal. The, the wood chipper. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's back. It's Matt, true, put it can't be back if it never left. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's our um Oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, like Hoyd from uh, the Cosmere, where it's like he's in like all the different things. Like he travels between it all. It, ours is the the constant between all the different storylines. That lines just means the, that uh, Steve and Matt have to have a wood chipper in their game somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> given that his is is in uh, or, or given that mine's in a fantasy way. context, that's a little bit trickier. But oh you know. man, no, my superhero in Matt's game is just going to be the wood chipper. That's his name. That's Aww. pretty cool. Uh, but now that I actually have it up, yeah, the Life Drinker Longsword uh, does an extra 1d6 necrotic damage. I gain five temporary hit points if I drop somebody to zero or fewer with a melee attack with this weapon. So can I ask a mechanical question about uh, necrotic damage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is that a bad thing for us to be inflicting on potentially undead enemies? Enemies? Yeah. Especially when some of my powers do radiant. All of us, I think, have powers that do radiant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a base. That's pretty straightforward. I think that, uh, I mean, the worst case scenario is if it does damage, like, it's not like it would heal something that's undone. It's just like it might do zero or like half or something. It won't do as much extra. If it. Yeah, but I, I don't think there's any situation where like like if you healed an undead in you know third edition that would kill them, but if you dealt them necrotic damage, it would heal them instead. I, I don't think that's how it works in fourth for e. See, and again, and that was kind of to my point of this is what I ended up with last time, and to basically go up a step to get something that was going to be better that was going to do like radiant damage was like 
another couple levels away. Yeah. So it's just like, eh, we'll stick with this for now until we get something better. Okay. Steve, do you want to do the rundown of Aerith stuff really quick? Sure. So I went entirely different. I just picked as if I'd never picked before. I have the Staff of Winter plus two, mostly because the Staff of the War Mage wasn't nearly as cool. It's plus two attack rolls and damage rolls, and it's just impressive. Um, It's mostly just to give plus two to all of my spell things since I'm a caster. I chose the White Flame Chainmail plus one. I have the Cloak of Resistance plus two, because I still think this is a game where you need to have those sorts of things. And the Belt of Sonlenor Righteousness, because it sounded neat. (laughs) Its main thing is that you get you gain you gain resist 10 to all damage when you have zero or fewer hit points. So if I'm laying on the ground, people are less will hurt me less. I more or less went with things that made sense to like I wanted the staff because I'm a primarily melee or a, a ranged combatant. I wanted the cloak because I just think that having all the enhancement bonuses and having your AC and all your saves as high as possible is always worthwhile. Mm-hmm. The chain mail is just, I thought the best of the chain mails. The belt was just like, hey, that sounds neater than some of the other stuff. In my original, let me look at my original character sheet. I had, I know I had a staff of the war mage. Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple other things that I must have written down somewhere. But I don't know where it ended up. I apparently at one point had a crimson bamfing cape plus two, <laughs> which is still cool. But I like this arrangement better. And there was absolutely no theme behind it. It was just what I thought was the best. Sounded good. Mm-hmm. Not based on oh this this sounds good for the Raven Queen thing. It was just nope. I just I thought this is cool, so I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. it it I felt very much that. more of an Aerith decision when it doesn't have anything to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm going with in my shield is I'm going to make it like when it when you throw it and it hits somebody, like it's going to look like a little puff of like raven feathers explodes out of it when it hits them. Yeah. Just for flavor. Mm-hmm. Or at least for the daily, like when you push someone back. But So we'll say that fate has you guys down there and you're looking around... And fate brings Gwen the heavy the throwing shield, and um, says the the council feels that this would be helpful for you, and will help you you know more more bro- boldly proclaim to all you meet you know who you represent, and uh, mm. and they Many come they come to Aerith and will say. They uh, they present you with the staff of winter, and they say, you know, or the the council thinks that you need a uh, replacement for your staff, and one that favors our lady's domain of winter is would be a very appropriate choice for you. He nods, just looks at it, hands the other one over. Oh, thank you. We will make sure this gets put to use for uh the next time someone from our ranks is called out to serve outside of the city walls he's not listening he's just looking at the staff (laughs) (laughs) uh fate doesn't hasn't spent enough time with Aerith to understand and so kind of like looks looks a little bit longer 
and and then then maybe looks a little confused, maybe maybe a little tiny bit offended, and then turns and walks to go set it on the rack where the staff of winter came from. And and we'll just say that uh, Gwen looks around and doesn't see anything more fitting to replace her armor or her sword for right now. Uh, mm-hmm. While meanwhile, Aerith is just like, you know, rummaging through the tables like, this looks nice. <laughs> I'll take this. <laughs> ooh, ooh, this one has a feather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pulls things off. And uh, while uh, while things are being – just happen, like you pick something up and just something that you were using or uh, carrying around previously just kind of falls to the wayside. <laughs> so Yep. He just – well, no – after getting the staff, I feel like he thinks that this is all a one for one exchange. So whatever he finds that he's like, he thinks is cool. He puts down something else that he has. So there you go. That is, that is exactly perfect. All right. So I'm supposed to be explaining the, the stuff I find on the floor in this, the nope. garden so, shed or something. Um, <laughs> you, you make so it you sound down, glamorous. So run down your stuff. But, and what I said was um, basically the council, like, dictated like a single item to go to each person so for matt like we said the shield is new and then gwen didn't find anything else that she wanted whereas for Aerith, the council oh, crap. Rec- recommended my- giving what <laughs> all my shit's new i don't know <laughs> no that's fine because because okay. <laughs> what we did for Aerith is uh the staff or they wanted Aerith to have the staff of winter like thought that it would be more appropriate to have something from the ladies' domain. And then Steve just said, and then Aerith just walks around and like, ooh, this is nice. And like takes one thing down and sets down with an old thing and like does it some more a few times. And then he's got new stuff. All right. Cool. That's that's about uh so So yeah, just run down what you have and then we'll say what is uh given to you and what you and everything else is just something that you like swap do swaps for. So the the four things I have. I'll I'll start with the less or the more easily explainable stuff which is uh trading i had paper armor before and now i have the winter snap cloth armor Ooh, that sounds cool (laughs) yeah the that armor is white specifically because it also gives me a bonus to stealth checks in snowy or icy environments um (laughs) we should go through the desert yeah Hey, it's it's white would might nah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but then I also have a cloak of resistance over the top of that. So I don't know how that works. It's like just it's like one was, that, that clasps at your neck, so it doesn't have to be like a full thing. But I was I mean I was thinking that the cloak of resistance would be black because that seems to match better, <laughs> but winter matches the Raven Queen. I don't know. But white and black is kind of uh Kafan's whole deal anyway. So mm-hmm. I also have a cloak the hedge... where like one side is black and one side is white. And so if you need to be stealthy, you just flip Reversible. it around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually hyper color. He just hasn't ever breathed on it before. Yeah, I was thinking, yep. We are on the same wavelength, Steve. Uh, <laughs> and I also picked up the hedge wizard's gloves. Uh so that that give oh the cloak of resistance is just plus two and it that's uh yeah, it helps defenses. The Hedge Wizard's gloves gives Kafan the powers of Mage Hand and Prestidigitation, which are like super specific in this edition. Seems like it, what I mean, Prestidigitation is why? Uh, because so Kafan is is like a wizard trapped in an Avenger's body, 
Oh. But like Valide is his old, his last life that didn't end quite right. And he was a super powerful wizard. It's why he's also trained in Arcana and like thinks he knows oh. stuff about magic. He's, he knows Draconic, the language Draconic and stuff like that. So I was like, this would be cool. And I don't know, like, like my thought was that TJ could play it as like, oh, it's not the gloves. But then that doesn't make sense because it's a thing. And like that thing could eventually be taken away from me or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, I thought it was cool for him to have the mage hand and press digitation abilities. Just it, it may never, ever because... even come into play. But and then yeah, you, the, you can't the... use it for masturbation. So I don't know when it will. <laughs> <laughs> the other so, and then the last one is that his execution axe became the frost brand execution. Yeah. Axe. So. What does that do? I'm assuming cold damage. It's a it says cold damage. So it actually changes anything that's base. All untyped damage dealt by weapon attacks using this weapon changed to cold damage. So wait, all untyped? Yeah. So like normally, where it's just I hit you with my axe and it's damage, it becomes cold damage. Oh, which could be good or bad. <laughs> so, depending your, so on... your, your specific powers that let's say it deals radiant damage that'll still deal radiant damage that, that is yes that is my understanding it's just where it's untyped base damage then it would do cold damage cool um, and it also gives me a power which is an encounter power to do a blast of cold and it the it like exudes i forget the description it's not on my thing but it like Kefan, it, you like feel cold emanating off of Kefan at this point. I also have resistance to fire damage. So there you go. That's the cool. things, the four things. Okay. So we'll say uh, for you, fate uh, carries the uh, winter snap armor up to you and says the council feels that uh, the, the armor that you... Well, the, I don't know that it even qualifies as armor, but the vestments that you're wearing now. Uh, the paper you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> the papyrus you have found. Yep. Maybe is too representative of your past life and not enough of your current life. And so they uh, are, are calling rather. And so they, they, they suggest that you uh, take these instead. It hands you the that set of cloth armor. Very well. And uh, yeah, and then you can say, you know, the rest, you take the executioner's axe and you go and you find another well, one well, that looks similar. Here's the thing. This is why there had to be some other thing that happened. Like, I don't know, I like drag my axe through a drawer of magical potions or something because the whole point is the executioner's axe that he has is like manacled oh, it's, to it's manacled to you yeah that's with right with the chain so it's like oops i dropped it in this vat of magic cold no no, no. i don't no. know if, if 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 instead of that that armor fate just walks up and says the council thinks you need a better axe and you're like i can't do it and they're like then they go and they confer for a second and they come back and then they all cast a spell on it done well, uh, the council's not here right Sure. No, I meant the people that are here. Mm-hmm. I know the council, but the council oh. still willed it, but they they aren't here to implement it. A, a magic or raven to... comes and poops on it. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the manacle thing, so that's an excellent point. So we'll we'll say uh, he has. Uh, how how are we going to make this work? 
Uh, if you do the act some way, I could just be like, I literally just get dressed off of some rack in here, and I'm like, oh, this looks cool, because it's just it's cloth armor and a cloak and gloves that I put on. Like, so, so I have a question. So it's manacled to you; it never comes off. So how are you putting clothes on? Yeah, that, he wears like loose fitting robes and stuff. That's the whole point. He doesn't have anything on below the waist. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything <laughs> on below the armor. <laughs> Where's the armor? Like, he doesn't have anything on. La- <laughs> Listen, last time, so he he started off in very loose fitting robes that he could pull the axe in, and then we found that skeleton in the ice that was like shooting be- laser beams at us. That's mm-hmm. where Kafan found the paper armor, and mm-hmm. he, he literally just got naked in front of all of you. He took off his robe and threw it down and put the paper armor on, and it was a whole mm-hmm. thing about like the leading, like putting the axe through the armhole and. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll say that for uh, this armor, uh, what you do is you have to actually cut an arm off of it and like slice aside, so it, it won't like completely cover one of your arms, or like maybe like slice it open and like do buttons or something. Okay. It's because I, I imagine it's not like big flowy, or I don't know. Do you have any? Do you, do you want it to just be big flowy robe? It can be big flowy robe. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's that's yeah. Well, like, like a, a, like a robe flare robe. It's like a it's like a giant poncho, and he just ties the ties around it. And... This is so quickly becoming just you, Paul. I don't want to have to deal with these crappy clothes with arms. I just tie it around my body. <laughs> I don't want to look like a weirdo. Just give me the move. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> all right this white hat okay so yeah uh for the axe he brings a uh a whetstone how did it how did it get wet yeah thanks <laughs> and he says um this- oh no god <laughs> <laughs> My drums are broken. No, it was just really, really funny. Yeah. Do you need to do a rim shot for that? <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, he says the the council feels that uh, your executioner's axe could be more honed if you use this stone on it for oh i don't know about an hour today uh when you're done the stone will be useless but uh it will have conferred some uh it'll it will confer different abilities to your axe and it will become a uh winter blessed axe very good there now it's got flavor and you have more work to do <laughs> yep i'm climbing below uh, me here. i will go grind my axe in the corner cool mm-hmm. so once you guys have all of your stuff you can go back upstairs you guys had sent alvin to the south gate just to double check to make sure that nothing had else was awry there or, or no you were leaving him there until someone from the city watch arrived right that's on right steve Say it one more time, please. Uh, do you remember 
Do you remember exactly why you sent Alvin? Were you sending him to double check on something or were you sending him to stay there until someone from the city watch uh, returned to take up a post? I thought I sent both of them to go back and do a better job. That was that was probably the only <laughs> number, stated number one. task. Go do, do better. Go do better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in my mind, his his thought process was both of those things could very that you just said could very easily have been incorporated in that very vague command, but the command was <laughs> nevertheless very vague. All right. We'll say that oh Elvin and Zan. Uh so we'll say that they end up uh returning and uh because they had been uh relieved by a guard from the city watch and they looked around some more and confirmed that yeah nobody had recently used that south gate and uh, nobody had been, you know, the, the sand didn't look, it, it looked windswept. It didn't look disturbed in any way. You know, they said, you know, hey, we, we heard, listen to what everyone else said that they saw, and we went and looked back by ours, and it didn't look the same. It didn't look like that. It looked it looked like no one had been there. So, yeah, the uh, the gates all remain kind of in the same state that you had left them. So what I said is after everyone then uh, finished their their uh, swaps and got the things that fate indicated the council wanted them to have, uh, went back upstairs uh, shortly yeah. after that. Yes. I might have to retcon one of mine. Go right ahead. Because I see <laughs> an extra thing here. Well, here, okay, so, okay. Anyone else see this? Okay, my life drinker longsword is a fifth level weapon. I get a critical of plus six, one d six necrotic. It's plus one attack roll and damage roll. And when I drop an enemy to zero hit points or fewer, I get five temporary hit points. Okay. If I take the level four okay. life stealer weapon, it's a plus d twelve necrotic on a critical. It's still plus one attack rolls and damage rolls. It's still, you get plus five plus the enchantment bonus, temporary hit points if you uh, kill an enemy. And then it also has a daily power of healing. You hit an enemy with attack using this weapon and you, it takes extra necrotic damage and you get uh, hit points. So how is the level four one better than the level five one? I, w- I will say this. It only does, you said it only does necrotic on a critical? Yeah. Yeah, but that's what he said for the other one too. No, what, yeah, yeah. Oh, mine says critical. Okay, that's, that is under critical so as well. It does Sorry. less damage. It doesn't have the extra thing. It it does less extra temporary. It's like how is it like crappier and it's a whole level higher. Power creep. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's power creep. I don't think you need to use name calling and call him a power creep. Matt's trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, okay. So the yeah, if you want to do a okay, five and get half of the, or do the four instead of the five and get like, what did I say? It, it was half the difference. Weapon. Yeah, that that is a hundred percent fine by me. Okay, I mean, I don't even need the gold. It's just the fact that like, how is the level four one the same thing but better than the level five one? Better in every way. 
Yeah, I mean, not with like any downside. <laughs> so, that just seems stupid. So, anyway, sorry to interject. No, no, that's absolutely fine. We'll say that's another thing that happens. You get the shield and you're like, eh, everything's fine. And you're like, wait a second, this is way better than what I have right now. That this one sword awesome. looks exactly like mine, except it's way better. I think I'll just swap <laughs> them on the rack. They, they won't, they'll never know. <laughs> He's got a, he like looks around sheepishly, like making sure that no one's paying close enough attention. <laughs> See, while well, uh, Aerith is doing all of his stuff with uh, changing out all of his things, and they're handing over staffs and everything, and I'm just like, <laughs> deliberately knocks over the entire like rack of weapons and like oh no i dropped my sword in the mix too i'll just put everything back <laughs> so yeah so anyway uh after all that was finished you guys came back upstairs and uh shortly after you're upstairs alvin and zan returned and said you know uh per Aerith's orders they looked better than they did the first time uh based on the information everyone else had and yeah there no one came in through the door and the sand just looks windswept it didn't look like anyone had traveled that way recently and uh, a city watch guard had shown up and taken up their post so they came back to report that Wait, so they just said that they know where the guy was? Or someone just uh, showed no, no. said someone showed up to take the post. Like yeah, like whoever was supposed to take over the shift, you know, in the morning. Like, you know, someone had the overnight shift into like the early morning and then, you know, the morning shift came. So where's the person who was supposed to be there? That's that's a good question. Mm. Guess if you only if you have to find out information can't rely on anybody. You just have to do it mm-hmm. yourself. So, Aerith. Uh, well, should, should we all go to the. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, he, he pauses and he's like, right. he turns around to look at both Gwen and Kafan. He's like, aren't you coming? Should all we right. perhaps go visit the, the guards, wherever the guards live or work, the police station? And see if they're there instead? Sure. I'll just talk to somebody who's in charge of all of this instead of continuing to run around. I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of incompetence in this town. Almost like they're on a team. <laughs> all right. So we're going to head to wherever we Please think there would be, you know, known information about the previous guard, like who was supposed to be on during the, the incident, and then, yeah, so we'll start there. And so if, if if that's an easy find, then we go to the dude's house. So so where do you where do you think you're going? Some uh, sort of can we ask fate? Like, yeah, fate, ask where do the where, where do where do guards come from? <laughs> <They're>, they come <laughs> from <laughs> eggs. There's a, a mommy guard and a daddy guard. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> low hanging fruit um yep <laughs> do they can most guards are young enough that they just live in the barracks some are 
older and have families. And so they, you know, might come to the barracks for meals or to get an assignment and then, you know, be, be on their shift and then return home later. The barracks is also where you would find, you know, the sergeants and the captain of the guards, captain of the guards. Mm-hmm. So the, that is in the fifth district, which uh, you can go straight west from here and uh, maybe four city blocks and uh, and you should see the barracks. We shall go that way. All right. Is our uh, sergeant friend there? When you get there, your sergeant friend is there. Now that you have seen him and seen the other guard a few times, you can kind of tell, you know, he's got um, a bar on his uniform that most of the other guards do not. Uh, and there's another, you assume, sergeant walking around, and they also have a similar bar on their uniform that distinguishes them from the rest. So, uh, yeah, you see your friend, the sergeant, who hasn't noticed you okay. yet. I will start walking up to him and try to get his attention. He turns, sees you and who you're flanked by and says, Oh, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, I was just talking to uh, Stone Tooth. Stone Tooth? Stone Nail? I forget. Whoever was supposed to be the guard in uh, the, the district, whatever name I gave for that last one. Um, okay. I just was talking to them about uh, what transpired this morning. He said that he didn't see anything in the morning. So can you maybe relate to him what happened to you guys? So I will tell about the, we were at the temple and then we had the Orcus cleric and the uh, skeletons attacked us, which we fought off. And then uh, we went to check the rest of the city. Uh, which we were, we were trying to get some more information about the uh, the gate where the uh, guard was missing. Yes, have yes. we heard anything from that from that guard, or do we know who it is? Well, I mean, there were there were two missing guards, right? There was the missing guard at the at the east gate, and there was the missing guard at the south gate. Uh, do do you mention the fact that there was a weird mist? <laughs> Because it's been a while, but there was a weird mist first. Was there one? I don't remember that. There definitely was a weird mist first. Okay, there was, there was a, a weird, weird mist. mist. There was a weird mist. Uh, everyone started getting a weird feeling. You guys went outside. Uh, you saw Barthas, and then as the mist started to resolve, it revealed uh, the skeletons. I will relate that. Uh, Matt okay. did not remember that. I, I figured Matt I assume, didn't. I assume I, Gwen... Gwen, just having lived it, would probably remember that. <laughs> yes. Gwen, who it happened to, oh, I don't know, a mere three hours ago, maybe four, <laughs> probably recalls <laughs> that particular detail. So we'll say that the guard says, you know, th- there there was a strange, uh, there was an unexpected mist, but I just thought it was early in the morning and something had blown in. It was off the coast and it was going to clear up in a moment and it did so i didn't think much of it uh i i'd passed by the temple i don't know um probably you know 
I probably just was there before anything happened and then didn't uh, come back around until, you know, before my shift ended. And, and the sergeant is says... Get, is it normal to get missed like that? It's it's not unheard of. It's not, uh, you know, something that happens every day. But it does tend to happen more in the early mornings than it does, you know, at a later time of day. Or even, you know, late at night. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that these undead could have come from the sea? Do we think a mist uh, indicates? Or do we, are we fairly sure that they all we, came in through the places where we saw tracks? I don't know. Have we checked near the docks? Uh, you guys know that fate didn't send anyone to the docks the city watch uh, the the sergeant says uh you know we're i i've heard i've seen the reports from our uh our our guardman about the uh skeletal remains outside so do not think that I doubt your story. Um, I just, I'm trying to understand what happened. Uh, it sounds like there was quite a large number of them. So I don't understand exactly how so many uh, got through. A, a mist blowing through could explain some of their movement. You know, there are indications that some came from those eastern gates. You know, if a mist blew in from the shore, something, you know, some more could have come from that direction as well. But it's startling to think that so many could have moved mostly unseen through the city to arrive there. Mm -hmm. Have you had any other reports of attacks within the city? No, no. And, uh, I'm, I understand that as you guys went out to look at all of these gates, uh, you alerted clergy at other temples. And so our, I'm getting reports that, uh, that clerics throughout the city are moving about, but I've seen no reports that uh, any other undead have been spotted. At least there's that for now. So. Yeah, this this does seem to me to be a, uh, a singular strike aimed at your temple. I don't know religious matters very well, but I don't know that it is surprising that someone who was imbued with the ability to raise those creatures uh, made it their objective to strike out at the Raven Queen's temple. Um, and you, you said that there was a leader who spoke with you prior to the attack? That is... 
Yeah, there was one that, that was is strange, but I don't know. I'm going to talk with my other sergeant, and once we have some ideas, we will speak with the captain of the guard. Um, I'm going to recommend bringing on some more members and uh, increasing the numbers both on patrol and at each gate. Is there a way you can sort of assess if any of your guards from any shift are missing? Well, uh, that is that is the other thing that we're looking into. Uh, there, there was the guard at the east gate, uh, not the one that I met you at, dresses this to Gwen, mm-hmm. but uh, the other Eastern gate. And uh, there was also one I'm led to believe that was missing at the South gate. So trying to figure out what happened now. Uh, how did, how did you know? What, what made you ask about this? Well, like you're saying, it it does seem like it was a directed strike at us at this point since there doesn't seem to be any other attacks. So we do have a vested interest in learning the cause or the how and the why of what happened. Yes. Well, yes. At this time, we deeply regret that a failure led to this attack on you. A failure on our part led to this attack on you. Was any damage done to the temple? I don't believe any was actually done to the temple. We uh, we were able to contain the situation there, but again, we just want to make sure that the, the rest of uh, the community is okay. And again, if it's something that they're directing at us uh, specifically, we'd like to take care of it before it becomes an issue again. There were a number of casualties, however. Mm-hmm. Well... That is a shame. However, you know, I don't, I don't know what we can do for you about that. The, uh, the, the culprits have already been caught as it is. And, uh, my understanding is they've been dispatched. So I don't know what we can, we can do to, to help there. Now he looks about awkwardly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if there's anything you learn, perhaps you could uh, drop a message at our temple. Uh, if we learn anything, we will uh, relay a message to you. I believe the Kafan's exact question was, could we find out about who was supposed to be like on a particular shift at one of the um, gates, right? Was that mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I guess he didn't really specifically answer the question. He was more he more asked like you know why you were interested and or like what what makes you ask the question, and you guys just kind of said you know uh, you didn't have uh, you were just trying to figure out like where the, where they came from because it seems like it was a singular attack like aimed at you guys and or he maybe said it was a singular attack. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't really specifically say like why you were interested in knowing. 
I don't think. No, but yeah. So again, it's kind of implied that we're, we're trying to track down leads based on right. You're like trying to figure out what. You, yeah. yeah. Since it seems like there's been no other attacks or damage anywhere else in the city, so. And so I, I think he mentioned that there were two that were missing, but but then he stopped, and that's why he was asking like why you were interested or what makes mm -hmm. you ask the question. I didn't know if Aerith was going to add anything. But, I mean, things are basically ready to be left. I don't know if Aerith was going to mention anything. No, I don't think so. Okay. W waiting for the answer, more or less. Mm -hmm. Then he says, all right, well... Oh, the other thing that he said is that he was going to talk with the other sergeant, but that when they met with the captain, he was planning to recommend uh, recruiting more officers or, or recruiting more guardsmen to join the watch and uh, start to increase the numbers on both patrols and at the gates. So again, that seems prudent for now. And then, uh, so if no one has anything to add, well, I, uh, I'll be here if you have more questions, but, uh, if you don't have anything pressing at the moment, I'm going to finish getting the overnight reports and, uh, meeting with, uh, my fellow sergeant before we take our report to the captain. Okay. Thank you for your time. Okay. And with that, he turns and goes back and finishes talking to Stone Nail. Well, do we need to all go to one of the gates where the people were missing? Do you have I'll any follow you. Better ideas? Or like we said, we haven't, we mean, haven't checked we, the points yet. We already yet. investigated. We were at the gates, yeah? Yeah, yeah we inspected but, all of them, or all the manned ones. Mm -hmm. And we haven't like I said, we haven't checked the ports yet. I don't know if it's something we want to spend our time on. Or... I, I, re seem... I reiterate, I will follow you. Looking, okay. Talking about Gwen. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go at least look at the ports since we haven't checked that as a possible place of entry. And if nothing else, at least we can rule it out. Okay. So you guys had started, uh, when you left the temple, you went west to get to the barracks. And... Uh, if you ask for directions, if you ask for directions to the docks, people will indicate, you know, you go pretty much keep going west, a few more blocks, probably in only, probably another like two blocks, maybe three, you'll start to be able to smell it. And then, uh, you know, it'll be easy to find your way. Then it's just a matter of, you know, which docks do you want to be at? Do you want to be at the fishing docks? Do you want to be at the shipping docks? Do you want to be at the transportation docks? Like looking for passage so you guys start walking and uh if you want you can have a quick conversation about which docks you want to head to i kind of feel like we just do like a buzz of all of them wouldn't we probably or see if there's like a like a harbor master or like some sort of guard that's at the uh, the docks overnight and see if you know they notice anything different or out of the ordinary okay so you start walking and uh start to smell the sea and you get a little bit further, and then you can start to catch glimpses of, uh, you know, tall masts between buildings, and then you're at the docks. If you look around, maybe you see one or two city guard, but if you are looking, you'll notice that they walk near the piers, near the docks, but not actually out onto them. There are 
people in different uniforms, but looking just as official that are moving through the docks. It, it's just actually a pair every couple of peers who sort of flit between a couple of peers. Uh, but there's not really overlap between any of them. So as you walk in, in terms of like north-south, you're kind of a little bit more towards the northern end. Like there are some docks that are a little bit further north past you, but then there's a lot more to the south of you. So we'll say there are uh, three docks further north than the one that sort of appears in front of you as you come out of a, you know, between, between a row of buildings. I will pick one that looks like it has a big fancy ship at it that would definitely have guards probably around it all through the evening. Okay. And start walking up towards that one. If you're looking for fancy ships, most of the fancy ships, well, I, I would say there are maybe two ships that would maybe meet the classification of fancy. Uh, and they are on the these northern piers. So like there's maybe like five piers that are together in a group. And then there's a bit of a break. The, the one that's right in front of you is the longest of the piers. It seems to maybe go out into deeper waters because there are two uh, large vessels, one on each side near the end of the pier. And then the others are uh, not quite as long. And they have smaller vessels uh, tied up to them, not as fancy. So if you want, if you're looking for the pier with the uh, nicer ships on it, it is the one right in front of you. And uh, right. as you are maybe considering where to go, there are some people who are larger and who are carrying, you know, cudgels near those fancy boats, and the uh, people. But they aren't in uniform or anything. And then the people, the pair of people that are in uniform, uh, as you're maybe thinking about what you want to do, turn and start walking up that large pier. As I say, I, I'm gonna go kind of like walking up behind them, and then be like, "Hello, I'm I'm looking for uh, some sailors. I think and I think I have some questions that they might be able to answer for me. I, I have I'm really interested in in sailing. Did you leave your armor and weapon <laughs> back behind, or? No, I'm probably in full armor and weapons. <laughs> I like I like that you're like armed to the teeth and you're trying to play like the cute little kid <laughs> routine. Yeah. I think she forgets it's just that she's foam ready. armor. Yeah, she's a, it's she's like a cosplay. cosplayer. Yeah. When you say that uh, you're looking for some sailors, at first, like their faces kind of light up, and then you, you say, "I've got some questions," and then they're kind of like a. And so it, you said you went to the two that were in uniform, right? Yeah. Yeah. They say, okay, well, well, we're, we're not sailors. We just report to the harbor master. Oh, well, that'll probably do. I saw some weird fog this morning, and I was wondering if you guys knew what that was. Like, is that a, a thing that you see out in the sea? Uh, we do see um, fog rolling every now and then. Did you see the fog this morning? You know, it... Uh, we're just starting our shift for the day and that's not something that would be commented on necessarily by someone working the earlier shift. We could, we could check the logs though. We could, we could see oh, if anything was documented. You? What kind of things do you have in the log? Like, do you see other things? 
the logs are mostly how much, uh, you know, it, it's the weather conditions, you know, when, when, when does high tide start? When does low tide start? Help us track that, you know, uh, we try and track the fishing catches and where they're coming from. Uh, but you know, fishermen with their fishing spots, they're not always forthcoming or even honest. And then just, you know, the general economy of the docks. We we track that mm-hmm. as well. Or I mean Kafan would like to be does. nearby, but not like Kafan's trying to listen in, but also pretend that he's not actually with mm-hmm. Gwen. <laughs> okay. So yeah. That's what's been said so far. Would you would you mind taking a look, please? We're trying to help some friends with something and we're just really curious about that fog and if anything else happened over here at the docks last night. Gee golly, mister. <laughs> <laughs> so Jinkies. <laughs> they say, um, sure. Uh, let's just give us a minute. Uh, you stay here. We'll, uh, we'll finish our uh, sweep of this dock and uh, we'll grab you on the way back. Okay. So they uh they walk down they uh engage people on both sides of the pier near the boat they're gone maybe about 6 8 minutes when they return back and they say okay why don't you and then one of them indicates like come with me and i'll uh i'll take you into the office and okay. uh, and we'll see what was put into the uh, report at swap. And while so, they're looking, I was going to kind of look around at the different boats or anything I can see and see if one's obviously looks like it's like the Flying Dutchman and, you know, the skeleton crew and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> Hey, can everyone give me a quick perception check? Passive? Uh, I'm good at passive. Yeah. Oh, no. like, uh, no. <laughs> if you're good at passive, you're good at regular too. Yeah, but that's, roll, like, that means garbage. a roll. Yeah, yeah. passive just lets me count on getting a moderate roll. But I rolled well anyway, so yeah, dude, no one here is TJ. I got a twenty-six. You got a six? Ouch! A twenty-six. Oh, a six is what I heard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Twenty-one. I rolled poorly. I got a ten. Okay, Kafan and Gwen. Uh, you can react in whichever way you want, but now that you're a little bit closer and you know maybe you're paying a little bit more attention, uh, you recognize one of the uh, larger ships here. Well, was it the one we were on before? It is. I've only known one ship, so yep. I guess it's Jalarama's ship. Mm-hmm. Like you've only biblically known one. <laughs> it's a long time at sea, sailor. <laughs> Are the hot pants? <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if you can. That that's not the what? Do, what did you refer to it as? <laughs> the Davy Jones? No, you didn't say Davy Jones. What did you? Oh, the, the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, the, the Flying, flying Dutchman. Dutch, that's Davy Jones's boat. Right, right. I know, but I was trying to think of the name of the boat. Uh, so that's not Davy Jones's boat, but you know that you you recognize one of the ships. Uh, yeah, nothing else is like a ship which appears to be monstrous in and of itself, covered in barnacles. Mm-hmm. I think we named the ship 
the cruel summer, didn't we? <laughs> I, I think right. I think some um, omniscient beings outside of space and time named it <laughs> the cruel summer. I don't yeah, believe that. Yeah, that was with the Karma Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> as so. long as it's an 80s reference, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was Cruel Summer because Jalarama mm-hmm. so close to Bananarama. Bananarama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. We noticed Jalarama's ship. Right, hey, look. It's yeah. Jalarama's ship. It is. We could have gotten That's here so not Jalarama's ship. I wouldn't remember. <laughs> you, uh... Jalarama is literally waving. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Jalarama. You're wrong. Oh, Jalarama. <laughs> so the but the person has already said that they're going to lead you to the office to see what mm-hmm. is in the uh, record. Yeah, I'll still go with them. Okay, I can we can go back and check Jalarama's sh- ship later. Well. I was pretending not to be with you so as to not. Mm-hmm. What, what's the there? word for you? Sour the deal. There's a, to not uh, mess up the the sour the so deal. To not, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Sour the milk. Uh, pooch. Yeah. So as to not mess everything up, I was pretending not to be with you. So I'm gonna wander over to Jalarama's ship. Okay. While, while Gwen goes, I don't know what Aerith is doing, but <laughs> sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting yeah. time, watching the tide go by. Yeah. yeah. Um, rest in your bones. Okay, so uh, starting with Gwen, you go uh, a little bit further south. Um, so like I said, there's these, this group of five peers, and then there's a bit of a gap before the next group of peers. And across from that group of peers, uh, there is a building. It is not really like in line with the rest of the buildings in the city. It's it's a little bit closer to the sea than those. There are windows facing towards the city. Uh, there are not so many windows. There are no windows uh, facing the ocean. Um, and the person that you are with uh, takes you to a door on the ocean side and invites you in with him. And uh, assuming that you follow, he uh, goes a little bit further in, and there is a uh, fairly large book. Uh, it's about a third of the way through, and he walks up and starts thumbing backwards. And wait, a book? You said book, right? I said book. No book. And it's just floating in the air. It's sitting on a box. It's it's like on a. Uh, like on a pedestal. Oh, okay. That's worse. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> worse. Like I said, he, he thumbs back a page and, or, or like, you know, you, you see him like, like, like he's running his finger across it, like checking the lines and it gets to the top of the page and he shakes his head and goes, flips back a page and then uh, does the same thing, sort of scanning the page back and forth and uh, says, well, there's no record from anyone that was out last night about a fog blowing in. Um, but and he's like, "Well, give me just give me a second. Uh, okay. He uh, he thumbs back maybe another you know nine to twelve pages, and uh, he says, "Yeah, see." 
I, I was doing an early morning shift um, about a week and a half ago. And I did see a fog roll in and I didn't write anything down for that. But one person, one other person working that morning did, but the other person did not. It, you know, it's just, it's not particularly noteworthy. So just because someone didn't put it down doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, if if there wasn't a fog that interfered with something, it, you know, we, we like if there was a, uh, a rough docking at one of the piers, you know, either damage to the pier, damage to a vessel, you know, maybe we what would... What about a bunch of skeletons crawling out of the ocean? <laughs> they put something like that in there? What? This guy's in on it. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've been, like, you've been playing it, like, super light and, like, ha, 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 ha. Can you mm-hmm. teach me some things? To, well, what if the skeletons come out of the ocean? And he's just, like, perplexed about, like, what, like... Mm-hmm. Like... Are you playing a joke on me now? No, but would that be something you'd write if you saw it? She's <laughs> um, vacillating between like extreme emo <laughs> and valley girl. Like, what if they like totally came out of the ocean? Yeah. And then they, they slaughtered the everyone. What if they ripped the soul from your body? Um, <laughs> so, but then he you're says, bestie. Any, any ship being moored at sea. It would be document or where did it appear would be documented along with anyone or anything that came out of it. And in the rare instances that something came out of the sea without being accompanied by a boat, a shipwrecked and, and some like, and someone managed to not expire and floated, you know, and, and dragged themselves out of the ocean you know, at the shore, that anything like that would, of course, be documented. But uh, a, a a light, uh, you know, a mist or a light rain, if it, you know, didn't cause something that we would tend to track more regularly to be impacted, uh, we might not have documented it. And then, like, looks and says, "Oh, see here, this this one says uh, there was a light fog." That rolled in, and that was important because uh, something, you know, someone missed a uh, corner at a pier and accidentally, you know, lost three crates during their unloading. So they uh, they required extra assistance to uh, retrieve those items. So we had to move the dolly crane to winch it up. Okay. So, oh. but, but whatever, whatever silly thing you were talking about, there's, there's nothing like that documented. Okay. No one, no well, one came out of the sea yesterday. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. Um, I'll, I'll pass him like a silver or two so he can go get some drinks with his friends. So well, thank you for your time. Oh, thank, thank you. Uh, I, I will have to ask you to leave with me now. Uh, I can't leave okay. someone with the log. Uh, so he ushers you out. Aerith, you're, you're watching the tide roll by. Uh, Kafan, you walk down the pier. 
and you get to uh, the plank of Dalarama's ship, you do not see any crew right now. There's there's right, no I'll one. Just, I'll just yell. I'm just going to yell up. Hello. Oh, no, wait. Ahoy, Captain Jalarama. I know ship things. I was on a ship one. <laughs> <laughs> I know boats. Yep. This part's the stern. <laughs> <laughs> this part's the poop deck. <laughs> so you call up, and uh, about a minute later, the door to the captain's quarters opens. And uh, out walks Captain Jalarama. Remind me what Captain Jalarama looks like, please. She is a half or she is a half elf who has some orc in her, so she's uh, greenish skinned, uh, but she's a half elf. Um, otherwise, so this and, ship is low enough that I can see the deck. Uh, I, I imagine that you called up f- from like the ga- the bottom of the galley plank, and because someone called and she walked out and didn't see anyone she walked you know to the so maybe you didn't okay. see her walk out necessarily maybe you heard the door open and then you know as she okay. came you got to see her up at the top of the galley plank and uh it, when she sees you she she does recognize you and she says uh uh fan correct that is correct may i come aboard yes yes you're certainly welcome come on up so i'll walk up all right onto the ship when you get topside uh it is just you and captain jalarama at the moment there's no one else on the deck of the ship that you can see i'll say i saw your ship in the course of another investigation this afternoon question mark and thought i would stop by and say hello and see how the rest of your voyage was oh well pardon pardon my saying so i don't really recall you being the chatty one of the group but but since you asked the rest of our voyage was acceptable uh we arrived here not just late last night and uh i i think that i told you before that uh when we got here the plan was to put the crew off and look for a new crew so that is where i find myself do you have a sense of how long you will be in port? Mm, I guess it depends on how much luck Lakshmi has in uh, bringing on new recruits. If there's enough willing and able-bodied individuals, we could be out probably no earlier than tomorrow. But uh, if it takes a while, you know, if there's if people are already committed and uh, but they want, to, but they're interested, you know, after your job is done, you know, we could be here for about a week or so hmm. if we should have need of transportation again would you be willing to take us on as passengers oh i yes yes i i still feel a debt of gratitude to all of you so certainly offering you passage is the least i could do wonderful well and, goodbye uh, <laughs> and that 100 and <laughs> She's like, that seems more like the Kafan that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, you're, uh, if your friend Gwen's around, uh, send her our way. Ah, uh, yes. Did you ever replace your boat? Uh, no. No, we haven't done that yet. That's, uh, that's on the list here, but I need to see how much coin we have once we're done paying docking fees and can leave again. It's one boat. What could it cost? $10? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's one banana, Michael. <laughs> um, I, I'll, then I'll say, I will see if I can get our temple to replace the boat that we used in the course of our duty. Oh, if your temple has a boat that you can give us, I would not say no to it. Very well. I just turn and walk away. You don't want our boat. It's a holy boat. It leaks. <laughs> as you, as you, as you just turn and leave, she's like, as always, it's been a pleasure. And she just, you know, uh, turns herself and walks back to where she came from. So you leave the boat, and I'm guessing you're going to go back down the pier. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if Gwen's finished up. Okay. Yeah, you both took about the same amount of time. You, you know. Uh, you know, if you're looking for her, you maybe don't see her right away because she was down a ways, but uh, it doesn't take you long. And, she, you know, she does stick out with her armor. So Matt, is Gwen's armor like shiny or purple or like, what does it look like? <laughs> is it like your character's avatar? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's going to be more dark themed, but okay, I think it's kind of on brand for us. So Yeah, we have a brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get the right colors for the action figures. Uh-huh, it's all yeah. about the merch. I thought we had to have a whole. That's just, I thought that's part of the reason why we switched our items so they could sell season two figures with totally different <laughs> right accessories. <laughs> no, that's it's like a different paint job. Meyer with has throwing a different step. shield action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have these gloves that don't do anything. <laughs> Stupid yeah. fan. <laughs> it's like it's like the He-Man thing, right? Like Kafan wasn't really meant to have flowing robes, but like they had an action figure with like an axe attached to it. They're like, well, how do we get anything on this thing? <laughs> and bang, bang, boom. <laughs> They're like, what if everything's a big flowing robe? Kafan's also anatomically accurate. And then they did a bunch of coke. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, if you're both heading towards where you kind of left Aerith sitting... Uh, you get there about the same time. We'll say we'll say uh, Aerith. Or I'm sorry. We'll say Kafan gets back to Aerith first, and then Gwen shortly. Hello, Aerith. Hello. So once Gwen's back, Kafan's gonna turn to them and say, "What what are we even looking for here? I mean, well, big picture. I was hoping that there's any more danger. I don't know. I'm just making sure that there isn't, but hoping to find something. Uh, by the way, I spoke with Captain Jalarama. Oh, uh, how are they? Well, it is just her. Smee is out looking for a new crew, but she would be willing to have us on as passengers again, should we need to. Hmm. Good to know. She said she would enjoy talking to you if you have a time. Oh, maybe we, uh, maybe I should go and pop in and say hello then. Can I come there anything with? else for us to do here? I don't know. Unless you can, the ship I talked to uh, wasn't much going on there. No, it does not seem like much. Happened here, happens here last night. No. no. Should we seek direction from the Raven Queen as to where to go next? Perhaps. Mostly from the letter I got, uh, it sounded like, uh, yeah, they didn't really give us directions other than speaking with fate, so. Yeah. Which we've already done. How about I go talk to uh, Jalarama? Would you care to accompany me? Or would you like to go uh, do something else? Uh, I'll I join. Will. I'll creepily stand in the background. He doesn't say that. He'll mm -hmm. just do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll go back to uh, their ship all right so uh you get back to the bottom of the gangplank and uh do you go on up i'll say uh permission to come on board 
Is that a thing we say? So shortly after you call up for permission, Jalarama appears at the top of the gangplank and says, Ah, Gwen, it's good to see you. Come on up. And you. And then welcome back, Kafan and Aerith. Remember Aerith? Right? Yep, yep. So wait, are we on the, you said we're on the, the top of the, or we're, or we're on the gangplank? What what part of the boat are we on? Well, I, I imagined you guys you know, did what Kafan did, you know, stood at the bottom and called up and then she came to the top of the gangplank and invited you guys up onto the ship. So you're walking up the gangplank now. Oh, so he, he, he nods and he looks around. What was the name of this boat again? <laughs> uh... It's, yeah, suck it, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she says, ah, oh, still poking me about the name thing, huh? Yeah, it, it uh, still, I still don't have one that I like for it. How will you get a crew with, on a ship with no name? You see, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. <laughs> yep. I mean, not having a name didn't stop me before. What most no, of them care that. about is that the job pays and pays well. And then they care about whether or not you're a good captain. Okay. But yeah. So Aerith, Aerith sort of just ignores the conversation and just starts walking around the ship mm-hmm. and sort of inspecting and kind of looking at things. His arms are, are constantly outstretched. Go ahead. Kifan says, are you a good captain? Jalarama looks at Gwen. <laughs> Looks remember that? Remember, remember that nice gesture she said she'd do for us, <laughs> and and then uh, and then looks back at Gwen again and says, "Gwen, I was just telling Kafan how nice it would be to have you visit." <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. And you're, just riding just, our co- you're riding our reverse coattails. <laughs> just to be clear, Kafan was not being sarcastic at all. Oh, like yeah, he yeah. was legitimately asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, okay, yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, if I recall, Jalarama spent time with you guys. Like, it wasn't just like that you guys were on the boat. Like, she spent time. Like, she had you guys for dinner at least on two, at least two occasions, or was it only one? Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was at least two twice. occasions. Yeah. Um, if not more and so like she spent time with you guys and she knows how kafan is and she knows how Aerith is which is why she's not clear on like she was pretty good but not 100 percent certain of your names but she knows gwen and that's why she was interested in talking to gwen (laughs) hold on and that's what makes her a good captain (laughs) (laughs) so she's saying loud part quiet steve (laughs) so while you're talking one Aerith like knocks on the mast and like puts his ear up, <laughs> knocks again, nods as as if he approves, and continues on. <laughs> yep, it's wood. Jalarama will kind of lean in and say, "Does uh, does he know anything about uh, shipcrafts?" I honestly couldn't tell you one way or another. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um. I I see that you are all here. Where's your uh? Where's Boothall? Uh, he's with his uh, family. He was he was slightly more tolerable than the other two. Yeah. Slightly. 
<laughs> he had his moments. I'm still standing here. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> she says it loudly and directed like right at you. <laughs> oh, with his family, huh? Yeah, we got him we got him back to his home and uh that's where oh. he is right now. That's good. You you got where you were headed. On his way to his home planet, he died. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The real problem with this season is that I'm not always hearing everyone say, Where's Boothal? <laughs> well uh good i, I guess i guess uh mm-hmm. you you did what you were tasked with and uh did that uh that prisoner leave you any difficulties or give um, you any difficulties he was he was okay good we were able to get him on his way as well All right. But uh, uh, how long have you been here? Uh, you know, just uh, pulled in late last night. Oh, really? Uh, happen to notice anything weird at the docks last night? Um, hmm. Not, not that I can recall. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we unloaded. I had the crew unload some cargo. I Can I make an inside check to to see through her thinly veiled lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go right ahead, Steve. Uh, uh, fifteen. Okay, with a fifteen, uh, you know it. I I don't think she's veiling that. You know she. Uh, is mostly interested in having a conversation with Gwen and she is tolerant of you two being on the ship. <laughs> and, uh, other than that, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's shooting straight. She, you know, you don't get any inkling that she's lying. She's like, okay, so she's he, really good at he it. Per- he, so, yeah, so it, keeping up, you know, the pretense that he was examining the ship, he pretends to throw up over one side. Like, so he's making, like, <laughs> horrible vomiting noises. I'll bring up that, uh, well, we were staying at the, uh, one of the temples here in, in town last night, and, uh, we were attacked by a group. We were just uh, trying to see if anyone knew where they came from. Didn't know if they possibly came in through the docks, but uh, sounds like nobody saw anything here. So, I mean, I, honestly, I think that when we got in, we were the loudest bunch on the pier. I uh, hmm. and in the docks in general, I didn't, you know. I, I didn't see much else going on, you know, uh, had to get stern with a couple of the crew who thought that they could, uh, you know, take off before they had finished unloading. Um, but it wasn't too much difficulty and, mm-hmm. uh, was short lived, so, I don't know. That's uh, 
I didn't see anything else funny going on. Or I didn't see anything funny going mm-hmm. on. I didn't see much else other than us. No. I guess that's good. But Kafan was saying you're looking for a new crew. Correct. I think I told you when we were stuck that uh you know this this was a good crew, but uh it was it was just time to turn it over. You know, uh let them maybe work on a different ship together or probably probably for the best it would be if they split up onto a couple of different crews rather than all going together on another boat. Honestly, and she looks across the way, she's like, there's only the one other boat here that could even afford to take on that entire crew. So odds are most likely they will end up, you know, not working as a single unit again. And I think that would be for the best. I don't think that individually, even in small groups, any one of them is really going to be a problem for anybody. And I think honestly they're, they would do well. I just, I think that all put together, you know, I think that, you know, they'll, they feed off each other too much, you know, something goes wrong and then everybody gets upset. So, um, Mm -hmm. yep. I've, uh, I turned them over or paid them out so that they're all done with their stuff or all done with me. Rather they have their pay and they're on their way. And Lakshmi is currently out trying to see uh, who's interested in joining up a crew. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's anything we can do to help, uh, let us know. We'll see if we can do anything for you. Well, uh, Kafan had asked uh, if you guys could or if you all could uh, get passage again. And I just reminded him, you know, I certainly owe you all a debt of gratitude. So if, uh, if you're looking to get out, you know, uh, I will ensure that there is space aboard for you. Um, as I appreciate that said to Kafan, you know, I could be leaving as soon as tomorrow if Lakshmi has good luck trying to uh, re restaff us. But if it is a little bit slower going, you know, we might have to wait for another ship to come in. So it could be, you know, at least a week that we're here. Um, I suppose if you want, I could even send someone to the temple to let you know before we leave uh, in case you're not ready to make your mind right away. In case we get orders to go somewhere. Okay. Well, yeah, if you don't, if you don't know where you're going yet, uh, I can just tell you, you know, I'm planning on doing the circle going all the way around. So I'll be putting out and heading out from here. All right. It was great uh, seeing you again. It was, it was very good 
seen. It was it was a pleasure to see all of you, but it was very good to see you, Gwen. Mm-hmm. I'll go get them out of your hair now. So no bother. Mm-hmm. All right. Fan Aerith. Um, Let's go see if we can find something else to do. Uh, Aerith joins. Yes. Did you learn anything about the ship? So uh, it seems a sturdy vessel. Okay. <laughs> I think I could see myself spending time here. Mm-hmm. Well, should we go back to the uh, temple and attempt to send for more instructions since the were pretty ambiguous before. That sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So uh, you guys leave the docks and you return to the temple. Mm-hmm. When you arrive, it's lunchtime. And so uh, you see a lot of activity. Uh, probably because there are so many wounded there's a lot of people uh, getting food and going to the hallways with plates and then returning shortly after and getting more food and taking it out. So obviously like delivering food to the wounded who are you know infirmed and can't uh, come out and eat right now. Fate is sitting down eating. And so are some of the other people that uh, you've met since you've got here. Mm-hmm. So did you want to go and talk with Fate? Um, yeah, go talk with Fate and see if there's anything new that they've encountered or learned or any updates. Okay. Fate sees you walk up and says, Ah, uh, please sit and join us. You must be famished. Grab a grab a plate and get yourself some lunch. I thank you. Aerith does that. Okay. Then, uh, as you uh, sit back down, Fate says, um, "Were you able to talk with someone? Get any questions answered for you when you went to the barracks?" And we talked to the uh, sergeant, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot of answers there. I kind of get the impression that they don't know much of what's going on with their own department at this point. Mm. That is somewhat concerning. Though there are not, you know, usually much of a need for them mm-hmm. but uh who knows maybe if it is widely known that you know they're having issues maybe some people would be more emboldened by it doing things that they wouldn't normally do who knows mm-hmm. okay um have you learned anything more from here no just just confirmation that uh, all the other groups that went out in the city 
uh, with other clergy members, uh, no one has seen anything else. So, I mean, I guess that's something, but, mm -hmm. you know, since we had been sweeping before and hadn't kicked anything up, I guess this that was just strongly suspected, and now we have confirmation that no one else has seen anything. So, uh, I can't remember. Did we said we saw the tracks leading into the city? Did we see how far back out they went? Did it look like it continued I'll, for I'll a while? I'll just, like I'll just say that it, it was a failing of vision, not uh, anything else. When you lost the trail. Mm hmm. Alvin. Alvin! Okay. <laughs> Is Aerith looking for Alvin? No, no, he's blaming him for the lack of vision. That's mm -hmm. what I was, that's what we were just talking about. Got it. That's about the only other lead at this point I think we have is, you know, the trail leading into the city if we are to try to follow that back out to where they came from, but... Oh, uh, if you are... Yeah, if you're thinking of following a sand trail, uh, you should do that immediately before mm -hmm. the wind blows it clean. I don't know. Was was the uh, was it was it a windy day today at the docks? And I don't know. Was it? Yeah, not particularly. Not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was just gonna say like you know there was an ocean breeze, but it wasn't. You know, Nothing. I didn't comment on Too it, sure. so I think you can assume that it wasn't, you know, particularly no or uh, windy. Well, should we uh, grab some provisions and go see if we can follow the trail for a little bit and see if we find anything along the way? That seems like as good a plan as any. Uh, Fate is by any chance? Would you have some water and rations for us to take for us to uh, <clears throat> adventure out for a little bit? Uh, yeah, of course. Anything that you see here, you're welcome to. Um, but if you, uh, if there's nothing here that you would like to, you know, take with you on a walk, um, you can, uh, here. And, uh, he grabs, we'll say, uh, glittering eye. He says, glittering eye. Uh, if, if they don't have... If there's nothing here that they would like, uh, take them into the kitchen stores so that they can take what they would like for their uh, excursion out. We will be requiring a boat as well. Um, a boat? <laughs> We're going into the desert. Yes, but uh, Jalarama needs a boat. Oh, I follow you now. Oh, Preferably um, one with a name. <laughs> Uh, a, a a boat. Um, may, may, that maybe we should have that conversation when you return. All right, we can do that. But keep your eyes and ears out for a boat, a small one. O okay, like a like a dinghy or something. <laughs> oh, okay, a dinghy. Um, not, not, not like a full ocean going ship. Okay. Um, okay. I will, 
I will consider some things. Uh, I, but that's that's much more information. That 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 is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, glittering eye takes you, and uh, you know, let's say like there's some things at the table, but for the most part, uh, it's all food that you would kind of want to eat like at a table, mm-hmm. or like things that you would want to like be able to wash your hands of, you know, when you were done eating. So, uh he'll take you into the kitchen store and you find, you know, some bread, like a, a small loaf of bread and uh, some cured meats that you can grab and, uh, you know, gives you each, you know, two, two water skins to take with you. All right. Many thanks. Let's go. All right. So uh, you are going to the gate where the person was uh missing where the where where the person was apparently attacked based on the presence of fresh blood right yeah yes. i think this is the gate yes. i went to yeah okay so uh we'll call that east uh east two sure it, it of, okay. of the two eastern gates it's the one that's further south so um you get to the gate and uh, the gate is open and there is a city guards person standing nearby, not not just standing next to the door, not blocking anyone's way. So you guys are just going to walk straight out or yep. stopping or... Nope, we'll wave and say, we'll be back later. Okay. Um, I haven't seen any signs of wind so the door should just be open when you return all right so the uh, trail's still there yes yes there's still a furrow in the ground that appears to have been made by people walking and numerous people walking and Gafan has the better perception so how about you lead us uh, along this trail very well I will do my best all right. I will try and track the trail. Uh, Aerith will spend his time looking for attackers from afar. Okay. Um, so you guys all start walking. Uh, is, is the walking order going to be Kafan, Gwen, Aerith? Sure. Okay. Aerith can um, see over the top of Gwen. <laughs> Actually, uh, Aerith isn't that tall. Well, neither is Gwen. So. No, 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 I know, but I think he's only like six feet tall. I think you're like a foot taller. Oh, yeah, I think you're like a foot feet. taller than Gwen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are walking. Uh, Kafan just kind of stays in the furrow. I don't know. Do, do you want to walk aside the furrow? <laughs> I guess that he would try and track it without disturbing it. So probably next to rather than in. Okay. So if that's the case. I don't want to mess up the trail. Sure. But if that's the case, because I mean, it's sand, you know, if you watch too close and it's like basically a furrow, it's like a pit. So like, you know, you could knock sand into it. So you have to walk, uh, we'll say like at least two feet to the side so you don't risk 
messing with the path that's there right now. Okay. So you are walking, uh, you go up a dune, you go along a dune, you go down a dune. You walk about like a mile and a half. And as you get further out, the the furrow is a little less deep. You know, things, it, it seems to be more closely following the contours of the dunes. Like, you know, the wind is just, it's not blowing hard, but it has had more time to blow here because, you know, whatever it was started out this way. And so, you know, it was deeper by the city and it just keeps getting shallower and shallower as you go along. Up ahead, you're approaching a outcropping of rocks. So does that do anything to change how you are moving? I would say, Aerith, keep a lookout around those rocks. And I'll uh, and then I'll continue trying to see like where does the actual trail go? Okay. But I want to kind of swing us as close to the rocks as I guess the trail will go. The the trail Let's is actually starting to bend so that it gets closer to the rocks. And Aerith will look where he was instructed to look. Okay. You keep moving along. And when you move alongside of the rocks, you can start to see that the trail really winds in close to them. And... Uh, like it goes into it? Yeah. Actually, when you get to the other side, you can see like the, the rocks are sort of... They are large enough that they were sort of concealing that uh, they've sort of together form a uh, shelter for an opening beneath them, like uh, to go into a hole in the ground. And the trail goes in there? And the furrow sort of starts. I mean, there's more sand that's moved at the opening. So it's not, you know, the exact same thing. It's less the path and more like this is where there's a bunch of activity. So this is more just disturbed in general. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the furrow led to this general area. I would say we need to go in there. I'll just look at Gwen and Aerith. I agree. Yeah. Aerith gives the thumbs up. I mean, like he's (laughs) in the, in the past you've noticed that he follows along, but he, the prospect of death and killing, he, there's never like a pause. It's always like a yes. Right. Uh, Is it dark TJ? Okay, so if you choose to go in, you need to realize that this is not an opening that you're going to be able to walk through. You're definitely going to have to at least crawl. Oh. Maybe maybe wriggle, but at least like in the beginning, you'll be able to like to just crawl into it. But I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's less of like a cave, like a walk-in situation, and it's more like a burrow. Like it's it's a very large one but you will not be like walking into it. Mm. So if it's, if your question is, is it dark? The answer is yes. And very, because okay. it's, it's shielded from the sun somewhat by this uh, group of rocks. Well, I will take a sunrod out of my pack and light it and start wriggling in, I suppose. 
Okay. Uh, who's up next? Uh, go ahead and go next. Okay. And Aerith last? Yep. Okay. So uh, you start wriggling in, and you have to go about uh, 10 feet, and then it levels out, and then after about another 10 feet, it goes down again. And this time it goes about 20 feet. And then it opens up. And it is a hall hallway, it seems like. It is 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall. So sort of, you know, square cut out hallway. And it angles downwards slightly. But other than that, it seems to go on for a little bit. So you said it opens up, so it's big enough to like stand in now. Yeah, so like you guys can stand two abreast, and uh, you can stand up fully. Okay. All right. Continue on. Okay. I'll stand alongside uh, Kafan as we walk. Then. Okay. I'll be making sure we don't get ambushed in the rear. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is this is a tunnel in the sand, so it is. You know, packed like maybe there are some spots where it seems like there's some clay involved, but this is not like hewn out of stone. This is very clearly something made in the sand. So goes forward. Does it look like it's organically made? Like a sandworm? That kind of a as mm-hmm. as opposed to like chiseled out with like flat edges? Uh I mean versus yeah, I mean versus yeah, versus any kind of Tools. Um, and maybe I'm just looking for evidence of the nature, the natural side of it. Yeah. I'll say if you were thinking an animal, you'd probably think more like round, right? Like a sandworm would definitely be yeah. like round tunnel and uh, that would be the case of everything else. This is definitely more like boxy. This is definitely more okay. like a squarish type of tunnel. Got it. So it's a square sandworm. <laughs> a square <laughs> worm. <laughs> it goes. And it, it goes. It goes for a while. Are you just carrying the sunrod, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if like you were kicking it along. I, I forget if like sunrod. I think like I didn't think it was like fire. Like I thought you were allowed just like to carry it. Like kind of works like a flashlight. But I just wanted to check. It it just seems to go for a while. And you guys intend just to keep following the path, right? For now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It it just goes. I mean, it goes way far. It seems like it goes pretty straight, but you can kind of tell that there's some curvature to it. So, I mean, it's not completely straight and level. So you guys headed out the eastern gate. And so the initial tunnel that you like had to crawl through, you crawled back west a little bit. And then this has bent back east again. So you guys are walking and you walk and you walk some more. Do we see any evidence of uh, footprints or anything else or like anyone else besides us has used this? At this point, uh, it's pretty hard packed. So it's not like, you know, walking on a beach or you're going to be leaving very obvious footprints. 
So whoever would be looking, whether you're tracking or if you're specifically looking for those, go ahead and make a uh, perception check. Yep. And there's no other like side passages or anything like that? Nope. I got an 18. 12. Man, I am rolling terribly. Uh, 11. Okay. That's fine cuz you were you're you're double checking for ambushes. You're not looking for I know. I'd still like just like to roll well. Nope. Absolutely. <laughs> Get them all out of the way now, Steve. That's, uh, that's true. I'll take that. Uh, what was your total, Paul, for Kofan? Uh, 18, I think I said. Yeah. Okay. You are able to make out that someone has been through this pathway within, we'll say, it, it, it's pretty dry. There's there's not much that could get something, but also it's you know fairly well packed down. Uh so you know, there's not super obvious tracks, but you think that it's obvious like people have or you know, more likely skeletons have walked through this at some point. I just say I think that we are on the right trail. Excellent. Onwards. You guys, you just keep walking. You walk for 20 minutes, and then you walk for an hour, and then you walk for an hour and a half, and this tunnel just keeps going. So then you walk for two hours, and then three, <laughs> and it still just keeps going. Are you seeing any like signs of it changing at all, or is it just... I mean, there's gentle shifts, but as far as you can tell, you are walking like southeast and you have been walking southeast for a good little ways what is known is there an equivalent under dark does that exist here new it doesn't exist or we don't know i mean i will say that an under dark is not known cool i know i will say the same thing about a fey wild that a fey wild is not known Coralon is known. Eladrin are known, but a Feywild is not known. So, Do we know of anything that is to the uh, southeast of the city? No. Like, there's there's desert, and then there's ocean. So here, if I throw you guys on the map, look at five. You can kind of see. Like, five is right on the ocean, on like that sort of bay, the inlet, and then... To the east of five, there's, what, a couple days? Probably, you know, at least two days walk to get to the ocean that way. It's maybe a little bit closer. If you went southeast, yeah, probably about a day if you went southeast. But yeah, like dry barrels on here, but that's just, that's not like, oh yeah, anyone with a map would see where dry barrel is. That's just like, I've added that in as someplace that you guys have visited. Not because it's the destination. Right. Right. It's not like you it's not like you win the jousting tournament and you're like, I'm going to dry barrel. Woo. I don't know, after we have been walking for a while, yeah. I guess Kefan will look at the other two and be like, I this is a long passage, but I still feel that we should try and get to the end or see where it leads. Mm-hmm. I mean it's they, are on this they could have they could have marched for days or years. Well that's that is my concern, but I guess the other question is, uh, 
Again, yeah, where else would it go? So, okay. Do we know of anything that's southeast of Ashkent? Like, is there anything? Like, are there, do we know of other cities that are out here to the east? Nope. Or is I Ashkent mean, just the end? I think that when you guys were walking on the old road, you saw signs for one other city off of it before Dry Barrel, maybe just after Dry Barrel. I know you definitely saw signs for another location. Uh, I don't remember which side of the road it was, but the the road sort of ends in Ashkent. And so anything Mm -hmm. outside the city wouldn't have like reliable pathways to get anywhere else. So if there is like someone staking their claim, they're probably just like trying to do a live off the land thing and not really, you know, interact with society because it would be too hard to do that. Well, so let me ask this. Is there a point at which you would like reevaluate like how long you're willing to walk? If we don't have rations enough to turn around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remind me again, who actually needs to eat? Oh, yeah, I don't I know that Kifan needs to eat. What was that? Kifan needs to eat. Okay, Kifan does. I think, and Gwen obviously does. I don't know that Aerith mm-hmm. does. Yeah, I'll have to open up the the thing to read about it. I think, I think, like we were talking about, like, oh yeah, you don't need to eat or breathe or something. And I said, like, yeah, for flavor we can do that. But like, if I decide that I want you to have to breathe, like, because like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, like, breathe. No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's actually the the non eating part is in the actual four e books. So right, right. So I I will say like you grabbed food, or like they packed food for everyone because like Aerith does I, eat. Yeah, like, to be I, like I polite. Grab- Yes, yes. Occasionally he's like, ooh, this looks interesting. So theoretically you have, you know, one and a half a meal, <laughs> a meal and a half for each of you. Because if Eric's like, eh, I guess I don't need this, you guys can have it. You know, that that would spread it out a little bit more for each of you. So we'll, we'll just say you walk for uh, about nine hours. <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll say around eight hours, you start to s- smell fresh air. And when, as you start getting closer, you can start to see some faint light up ahead. And uh, the tunnel ends popping out uh, at the ocean mm. near a group of rocks on the shore. Uh, there are no boats that you see nearby, but... You have come to the end of the tunnel. Ray, we lived. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing Ooh. else around. I'm glad our adventure is over. <laughs> so, do you also want to go on a nine hour walk? Come with TJ, and uh, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> I'll tell you a single story, and it'll take nine hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for joining us this week. And, uh, Find us on uh, Twitter at LTM Gaming or email us at any old email address you want because we're not going to check the one that's official anyway. 